Hello there and happy Tunes Day. My name is Francis and I love music. Love it. And movies. Movies and music. And the music used in movies and TV. I'm the friend who notices the music used in the media constantly, to the point that my friends think of me immediately if and when they notice it themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Needle Drops That Will Change Your Life. What is a needle drop? I'm so glad you asked. Wikipedia defines a needle drop as the use of an existing recording rather than an original score in a film. I'd also add television, or honestly any form of media, video games, movie trailers, and more. For example, any of the songs I discuss on this very podcast. Why should you care about my thoughts on needle drops? Well, I'm a great person, obviously, but other than that, being a music supervisor is my dream job but I'm stuck in Texas where there aren't a ton of opportunities to get into that industry. So I'm dipping my toe into the world of podcasting to discuss the incredible work that music supervisors do. What exactly do they do? Let me tell you. According to the Berklee College of Music, music supervisors artfully select and license pre-existing songs and recordings for use in movies, television shows, and video games. Today, we're diving deep into the song that we memed a thousand times, Imogen Heap's Hide and Seek, featured in the season two finale of The O.C. Spoilers ahead for The O.C., and if you've avoided it this far, you should just go ahead and binge it. It was a great show in the mid-2000s, and like last week's movie, it's also available on Max, HBO Max, whatever it's calling itself these days. The Dearly Beloved is the season two finale of The O.C. The episode aired on May 19th. 2005, and followed the events of Caleb Nichols' funeral, Kirsten Cohen's intervention, and a face-off between brothers Ryan and Trey Atwood. The needle drop was so dramatic that Saturday Night Live later parodied it in a 2007 digital short called Dear Sister, produced by The Lonely Island, starring Andy Samberg and Bill Hader, featuring Shia LaBeouf. We'll get into that a little later. Who are the music supervisors on the show? Well, Josh Schwartz is the showrunner of The O.C., and with The O.C., he became the youngest showrunner at a network at only 26 years old. So by the time this season finale came out, he was 27, maybe 28, depending on when his birthday falls. Josh Schwartz also created Gossip Girl and Chuck. He heard Hide and Seek at the beginning of writing season two of The O.C. and wanted to save it for the season finale. He says he often wrote storylines based on the music he had in mind for the show. The OC reached out early on to Imogen Heap to get exclusive rights to the song so no one else could use it. The actual music supervisor on the OC was Alexandra Patsavas. I know I said that wrong. Um, <laughs> she is a Grammy and Emmy-nominated music supervisor. She's worked on over 100 films and television series, including The Twilight Saga, Grey's Anatomy, Bridgerton, and Academy Award Best Picture winner, Coda. She has been nominated three times for a Grammy Award for Best Compilation Soundtrack Album for Motion Picture, Television, or Other Visual Media. Those three times are Grey's Anatomy Volume 2, Twilight, and The Clips soundtrack. She joined Netflix in the newly created role of director music creative production for original series overseeing Netflix's creative music services and production strategy for original series in 2020. 
quite a big job really speaks to what kind of a good job she does at her job. So what do we know about the artist and the song outside of the needle drop? Imogen Heap is a British musician, singer, songwriter, and record producer. We'll touch on this a little later, but she was also in the group Fru-Fru with Guy Sigsworth. Fru-Fru's song Let Go is featured at the end of Garden State and a number of dance concerts and recitals all over the world between 2004 and 2007. I do know from personal experience. Hide and Seek is from Imogen's 2005 second solo album, Speak for Yourself. Other major releases from the album include Good Night and Go and The Moment I Said It. Hide and Seek premiered May 19th, 2005, the same day as this episode of The O.C., and fans of Imogen Heap theorize it's about her parents' divorce when she was 12. The song is certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. It is one of the most recognizable songs from the OC, and any fan of the show would know exactly what song and episode you're discussing if you mention it. Lindsay Zolads of The Ringer called it, quote, arguably the most absurd and melodramatic shooting scene in the history of televisual media, and, quote, stupid and ridiculous, and somehow largely due to the song, genuinely deeply moving. Hide and Seek is featured on the OC Mix Volume 5, which was released six months later in November 2005, and Pitchfork gave the album a three and a half, assuming out of five, although this article does not speak highly of the album, so it could be out of 10. And they said Hide and Seek closes the disc and is the only truly disturbing and truly moving song on there. So who are the characters on the show? Ben McKenzie plays Ryan Atwood, a teenager who was adopted by the Cohen family in season one. Misha Barton plays Marissa Cooper, a spoiled teenager who has faced some hardships like her parents' divorce following her father's mismanagement of big-time money for community members. Adam Brody plays Seth Cohen, Ryan's adoptive Jewish brother. Rachel Bilson plays Summer Roberts, Marissa's best friend and Seth's girlfriend. Logan Marshall Green plays Trey Atwood, Ryan's misfit brother who was recently released from jail after stealing cars in the first season. The B storyline involves Seth's mother, Kirsten, played by Kelly Rowan, losing her father, who is married to Julie Cooper, portrayed by Melinda Clark, also Marissa's mother. Yes, this means that for a brief period of time, Marissa was Seth's aunt, and Alan Dale played Caleb Nichol. What do we know about the characters to that point in their story? Our B storyline starts us off and follows the gang as they attend Seth's grandfather's funeral, where instrumentals from Hide and Seek play over the scenes of cars driving to the funeral. Initially, Hide and Seek was only meant to be used in this part of the episode at Caleb's funeral, but they brought it back at the end for the fight slash shooting as well. The greater focus here and where the song is most prominent is the A storyline. Earlier in the season, Trey misunderstood Marissa's niceness in helping him land on his feet after being released from jail, and he attacked her at the beach while Seth and Ryan were out of town for spring break. Ever since, Marissa and Trey have been very avoidant of each other, but didn't really tell anyone about the incident. Following the funeral, Seth's mother's drinking problem has gotten out of hand, and the family holds an intervention and asks her to seek treatment. Trying to distract themselves from the drama, Seth and Ryan float in the pool and try to figure out what to do. 
While floating in the pool, the doorbell at the Cohen house rings and Seth answers the door to an upset Summer who earlier spoke to Marissa and learned about the incident at the beach. After learning about the incident from Summer, Seth tells Ryan in the pool house and Ryan loses it, heading straight for Trey's apartment to confront him. Seth calls Marissa on the way to Trey's with Summer to tell her that Ryan's on his way there because he knows what happened. Ryan shows up at Trey's door and bangs on the door to get him to open. Trey hides a gun on the couch and answers the door to a very, very angry Ryan. Ryan confronts Trey about everything, including stealing the car that set off the whole series. Trey pulls a gun on Ryan. Ryan turns to leave before charging Trey and starting to fight him. Trey ends up on top of Ryan. Marissa arrives as Trey is choking Ryan and begs him to stop. Trey goes to grab the phone to beat Ryan over the head with it. Big rotary style phone. Marissa sees and picks up the gun and shoots Trey to stop him from hurting Ryan any further. And that's literally how the season ended. And we had three months to wonder what happened. So how does the song relate to the characters and the show? Imogen Heap has been reluctant to say exactly what inspired the song, but most of what she said indicates that she wrote the song about the separation of her parents when she was 12. Crop circles in the carpet alludes to the furniture being moved out and all that is left are crop circle-like imprints. Oily marks appear on walls where pleasure moments hung before, alludes to the photos taken down from their places on the wall, and both are signs that someone is moving out of a home. Imogen told Matt Moen with paper in 2019, quote, the reason that it has that reach is because there is so much room for interpretation. It doesn't connect to a genre. It's completely open. It's full of color, but it's colorless. It's full of meaning, but it has no meaning. It has so much for you as the listener to identify with and fill in the gaps. Relating back to our story, when someone dies, there's often an estate sale. Furniture is rearranged or taken to an auction house. Photos are taken from walls and given to family members, etc. The home the deceased loved one lived in is prepared for a new life, either by those left behind or a new person and or family. Caleb's death means Kirsten and her family are moving forward. Julie and Marissa are figuring out what to do with all the space they're left with, etc. This is a massive house, too, that they're in. So way more house than three people needed, but even more house than two people need. Trey's potential death means an apartment available for rent again. Ransom notes keep falling out your mouth, mid-sweet talk, newspaper word cutouts. Speak no feeling no, I don't believe you. You don't care a bit. You don't care a bit. Yes, I did read that kind of in the timing of the song. (laughs) 
Although this portion of the song is cut out for the needle drop, this could definitely allude to Ryan and Trey's falling out and how Ryan now blames Trey for a lot of stuff. Overall, the song is quite melancholy, leaving the listener with a sense of confused calm. The first lyrics are... Sudden deaths and major traumatic events often lead one to think, what the hell is going on? So this is an obvious one, I think, leading to the aforementioned crop circles in the carpet. Death and trauma often leave those behind reeling, wondering how life can possibly go on and be, quote, normal again. I think we can all relate to that kind of living through the past three years in the pandemic. How can life be normal again? The next stanza includes the lyrics. Again, lyrics that allude to figuring out how to move forward from the trauma and or death. The song changes into more staccato lyrics, including speak no feeling, no, I don't believe you, you don't care a bit, you don't care a bit. These could reference the Cohen's intervention with Kirsten and her moving into a rehab facility for alcoholism following her father's death and other trauma experienced throughout life at the hands of her father and other traumas from the show throughout season two. This week, I'm introducing a new segment called Other Songs That Could Have Been Used. I feel like this is a little bit of a cheat, but I chose Deal With It by Fru Fru. Imogen Heap was part of Fru Fru along with Guy Sigsworth. They released their only album Details in 2002 and then later broke up about two years later after being featured on the Shrek 2 soundtrack. (laughs) Keeping it all relevant to the pod, I mentioned earlier... Fru-Fru also gained popularity in the U.S. in 2004 after Zach Braff used Let Go on the soundtrack for his film Garden State. So why do I feel like Deal With It could be used instead of Hide and Seek? Deal With It feels like it could be from Trey's point of view, either to Ryan or Marissa. That's very obvious to me 
Trey speaking to Marissa. He, he mistakes her niceness for really liking him um, in a more romantic sense. So um, that's a, a really big one. Marissa is obviously very beautiful as portrayed by Misha Barton, who is just a stunning human being. And then another set of lyrics says, Were you ever happy? Was it only me just loving you? Why don't want to ignore it? Why are you making out like it's nothing? I don't want to be. This to me very clearly could be Trey to Ryan. You know, he's ready to let Ryan leave the apartment. He's saying, I will leave the OC. I will leave Newport Beach. You don't have to worry about me. I'll move on before Ryan attacks him. But you know, it that song definitely feels like it could be used in this scene. Although I don't know that it's quite as memeable. Where else has hide and seek been used or are there covers of the song? Perhaps most infamously, Hide and Seek and the scene of Marissa shooting Trey was parodied in an SNL live short by The Lonely Island called The Shooting or Dear Sister in 2007. It kind of made the song and the OC scene hard to watch and relate to and definitely less emotional just because SNL really took the piss out of it. Hide and Seek was also heavily sampled in Jason Derulo's What You Say in 2009, a number of bands and solo artists have made their own covers of the song, including, but not limited to, there is a very long list and I've only chosen a few, Fight Star, and then there were none, Antoine Dufour, and The King's Singers. Similarly, a number of DJs have remixed the song, including DJ Afrojack and DJ Auto Knows. Hide and Seek was also featured in other media, such as Normal People, the Last Kiss, which is a 2006 film by Zach Braff featuring the OC actress Rachel Bilson, so really keeping it all in the pod fam, and Off the Grid. It was also featured as uh, the song used for a dance choreographed by Mia Michaels for the top six on season two of So You Think You Can Dance. And more recently, Hide and Seek was also adapted in 2016 for the use in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the stage play about a grown-up wizard and his family, which Imogen is responsible for the score of. It is retitled Edge of the Forest. The new version is sung by a choir. It's gorgeous. Um, while I don't support J.K. Rowling or Cursed Child, if you want to listen to the play's score, I could not recommend it more. It is so stunning. It's a lot of Imogen Heap songs repurposed and changed for the, the play. And it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And whoever decided that Imogen Heap should be the one to score the play, kudos to you, unless it's JKR. So what do you think? That's all for today, folks. Join me next time when I geek out over another needle drop. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at needle drops podcast and tell your friends about the podcast. Leave a rating and review if you are so inclined on your 
podcast platform of choice and let me know what your favorite song was from the OC. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Francis. Social media support also provided by Francis. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to share needle drops that will change your life with someone in your life that you think would appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.